folks how you doing how you feeling welcome hold on let me Alright, I'm over here talking with my closet door open. <laughs> Folks, I apologize. How you doing? How you feeling? Welcome to this week's episode of Search and Report. I'm your host, of course, every other week. Well, no, every week, not every other week. Oh, bro, bro, this is the fucking goofiest intro ever, but whatever. I'm your host, True Fernie. And without further ado, let's get straight into what I have been playing. First off, I am about to um, say something that is probably not very uh, welcomed by, ugh, I mean, it's it's honestly, it's a gray area uh, when it comes to these sort of things, but this is something that I did uh, probably like last week, I think it was last week or the week before that. Um, my week's been a little bit of a blur because of uh, issues with the house, um, but uh last week i actually hacked my 3ds well one of them i have two 3ds's i have my uh original 3ds that i bought actually like in 2019 i bought it way past the 3ds life cycle it was a, a 3ds excel um it was the one that flips um and then i bought a 2ds uh and i think that same year afterwards um and i bought it because it was a refurbished one um nintendo has a refurbished program where they put up um old hardware um that's of course refurbished you know people return these consoles nintendo works on them then they put them up for sale and i think i got it for like 50 dollars less i think i got 50 dollars off the uh the price of a 2ds um and i bought that one with the purpose of actually hacking it but I never got around to it, mostly because I just think that if there's a way for you to buy games on, on a console, uh, whatever it may be, PlayStation, uh, Microsoft, whatever it is, I don't think that it's ethically, like, I don't think it's ethical to buy uh, or, or hack your, your consoles, of course. This is where the gray area thing is sort of like, like, it's, it's you know, it's preservation, versus illegality yada 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 um but i did hack my 2ds uh as soon like two or three weeks after the uh 3ds and the wii u e-shops closed down just to like mostly research purposes because it was something that i was very interested in i i always saw videos i saw the wolfton uh videos i always see his emulation videos and uh i actually did uh they hacked my 2ds the day that he uploaded his emulation or his like uh 3ds hacking uh it's not really a guide but it's you know it's talking about how to hack and and uh it, it talks about a certain shop where you can download a lot of these roms um and honestly it's very easy to do i know that's a meme but uh, I tried it out. I've been testing out certain games and make like making sure how it actually all runs and just to make sure like how the whole process is. And I was surprised, man. Like it, it's incredible what uh, modders out there, hackers, whatever, whatever label you want to put on, on the people who uh, make these tools available for the general public. Um, I'm just impressed with the work that they make, like being able to go through that whole process, someone who like has very minimal tech experience as far as this sort of stuff um i've 
downloaded and installed like Dolphin, uh, certain emulators here and there, but I've never like actually uh, jailbroken, I guess you would call it that using that term, uh, a, a console. Like this is the first time I've ever done that. And it, I'm just impressed with like the knowledge needed to do that and then to translate it into a uh, understandable um language for people like such as myself the common gamer to understand uh it's a very like it's a very lengthy process but it's not difficult at all like it's a lot of downloading uh zip files from the internet installing them to an sd card putting that on your car on your uh on your uh 3ds and then uh safe booting it yada 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 it's honestly it's very easy to do um I, that's as much as I'm gonna say. I'm not gonna recommend you do that because if you if you mess it up, you might be breaking your console, and that's you know that's your fault. That's on you. I'm not saying you should go ahead and do that, uh, but I just want to say that it's a very easy process. And uh, again, I don't condone emulation. I don't condone. No, okay, I condone emulation because even Nintendo does emulation. It's just a method of accessing a game. I don't condone piracy. That's what I'm trying to say. And uh, but again, like it's this is where the gray area is. Like Nintendo doesn't allow you to you buy these old games and, and like again for a console that's previous to the current one, it it just never made sense to me why they would shut down the eShop for the 3DS and the Wii U. Like besides the Nintendo eShop for the Nintendo Switch, they don't have a lot of digital storefronts. Nintendo doesn't have any digital storefronts besides the Switch one. And to this day, if I'm not mistaken, the PS4 digital storefront still is up and running. Last I heard, I think the PS3 one is not up and running, um, but I think you can still access her in PS3 games. And I I'm just... Uh, the, the, the reasoning behind it, the logic behind closing the, the 3DS eShop and the Wii U eShop is nowhere to be found. I just don't see the logic behind it. It it cannot cost Nintendo that much. I I can assure you a hundred percent. If Nintendo were still running the 3D eShop and instead of closing it down, it was actively um, doing deals, uh, doing Nintendo Select uh, sales here and there. I'm pretty sure hardcore loyal Nintendo fans would be buying those games, at least digitally. Um, not saying they should keep like producing the games physically, but it, if they were to incentivize uh, getting people such as myself, someone who wasn't very active during the 3DS era because I was unemployed and I didn't have a lot of money and I was right out of college. So it was, it was pretty, pretty grim for me. Uh, <laughs> but it, it, if you tap into that certain market, people who are like big fans, people who are getting back into the uh, the stuff they might have missed out. I'm sure people would be buying these games because you got just looking at it from like a Pokemon fan uh, perspective. The amount of Pokemon content, Pokemon games on the 3DS is exceptional. It's 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 like over 80 percent of all the Pokemon games, and now you, they're no longer accessible through legal means and it's just incredible to me that nintendo and the pokemon company to a certain extent allowed that to happen or, or even like went ahead and did it without providing other methods for people to buy or access these games now again this is like a whole discussion you can get into regarding uh, accessibility 
regarding video game history, video game preservation, yada, yada, yada. But it's just, it, it's a really weird business decision, business practice, whatever you want to call it, a strategy without actually being a replacement for it. Like you leave people no other choice besides, you know, these means to get through it. Now, again, I don't want to say that I was going to be the first one in line to buy these games, but I can assure you if Pokemon games on the 3DS were to go on sale and not be $40, uh, you know, these games are like almost 10 years old. I would definitely be buying them. I would definitely be buying them digitally because I love Pokemon games. I never got to play the remakes for Gen 3, Gen 2, um, and just, yeah, certain stuff that I got that I didn't get to experience during the 3DS era. Uh, but again, yeah, uh, that's mostly what I've been playing. I've been testing out uh, some of the games on, on the um, that software that the Wolf then talked about. And I'm just impressed with how well everything runs. Um, of course, I mean, it does take a little while for you to access these things uh, because you're basically accessing them through uh, the Wi-Fi. There's no other, uh, not that I'm aware of. I don't think you can connect your, your 3DS directly to a, a modem and then, you know, be connected through hardwire. Um, but it's all through Wi-Fi. So it does take a little bit, especially for the bigger games like uh, Metroid Samus Returns Mario 3D Land is a pretty big game. Um, but yeah, that's mostly what I've been playing. I've been testing out. I don't know if I'll make a video on it, like a full length scripted video on the process of it. And like, just basically talking about emulation as a whole, um, just because I don't want to get them, you know, the big ends, uh, bad side. Although I'm pretty sure I'm already am just by discussing it right now. Um, but it is, it's something very interesting to, to figure out and, and understand, how, how it all works and and at least now I have that frame of reference and I can speak from a, a little bit more of an educated um, perspective but yeah that's mostly what I've been doing <laughs> but without further ado let's just get straight into what I want to talk about this week this week uh, or past the past week we got the last tears of the kingdom trailer um, my god man this was incredible this was the 2017 response well this was the, the current response tears of the king's response to the 2017 last breath of the wild trailer before we actually got the game and first of all i'm just gonna come out and say it. i kind of wish they they did this same trailer that we got last week but at the same time i still feel they showed so much so so much was just revealed to us and you know everything from characters environments uh voices um it, it, like we got we got a, a look at ganondorf you know all watered up and and refreshed and and honestly like it's exciting as a fan of course to see you know ganondorf finally be back i think it's been like something like 15 or so years since we last had a, a, a ganondorf in the zelda games which is insane to think about that's a long time bro I never, I never put any thought into it. And now that I'm actually like, I think I saw it in a tweet. Now that I, I'm actually thinking about it is like, wow, that was a long ass time ago. Cause I think the last time we ever saw Ganondorf was Twilight Princess. It was Twilight Princess because he's not in Skyward Sword. And, and once I saw that tweet and I realized that I was like, it, that's incredible. We got the return of the King. That's amazing. 
but yeah, certain stuff like that, that's really exciting. But again, we got a lot of, uh, you know, recurring characters like Sidon and then them kind of like teasing that they may be able to help you out throughout the, the adventure. I'm still unsure whether that's co-op. I'm still unsure whether that's, you know, having like a sort of a, a, a assistance uh, sort of characters. Um, I still don't know what exactly they're, how exactly they're going to implement this, but I, I just kind of wish they would stop showing us so much. Um, they, I, I, I'm a big fan of, um, I'm a big fan of shock drops. I'm a big fan of shadow drops. I'm a big fan of just letting people experience the game for what it is. The less I know about a game that I'm already sold on, the better. So um, that's kind of like my only critique about the trailer. But, you know, besides that argument, my God, man, this was an incredible trailer. I probably saw this thing like 10 times or so. It is exciting. It is amazing. We get a look at Ganondorf. We get a look and, and, and we get, you know, to hear some new characters that we're not too sure who they actually are. Of course, we get Sidon. We get some uh, Riju. Uh, we got some recurring characters from Breath of the Wild and from Age of Calamity. Um, so it's really, really exciting to see um, just being so close and, and seeing just uh, what what the game is, is going to look like. I, I, one of my main concerns about tears of the kingdom was that people are going to be expecting so so much because it's a sequel and i i, I was kind of worried that tears of the kingdom would not be able to shine in its own by its own merits um first of all i think i was really worried that it was just going to be like a lot of more of the same art style the same vibe that breath of the wild because of course it's running on the same engine it's using a lot of the same assets but, you know, seeing this trailer and, like, hearing the music, seeing some of the uh, the garments that the, a lot of the characters are wearing, like Link and, and Zelda, is kind of like making the game be its own thing. And, and I'm excited to see how they, um, how they differentiate the game as far as art style goes. Uh, because, of course, it's pretty, pretty much looks exactly the same and it looks like it runs exactly the same but i feel like doing the arts you know art little elements here and there is going to really really help differentiate this game and make it its its own thing um in, in the grand scheme of things and in comparison to breath of the wild because of course like if you tell someone like this is ocarina of time this is majora's mask they'll be able to tell just based off the environments um based off of the music the music plays a huge role in it the vibe um, just, just that sort of things that are, are not really tangible, but you know, you, you can really, uh, transform a game that's using a lot of the same assets and the same engine. So at least I'm excited for that. And at least I, I, I'm happy that they, they're aware of that. And I'm happy that they're, they're adding some new stuff. Um, I'm sure this trailer really shut up people who, who said this game was just going to be a $70 DLC. It is not, it, it is a whole game on its own i cannot wait to play the story i'm so excited that we're getting more story elements i hope that um there's a real big emphasis on the story i'm so excited that we got a look into like the underground areas um there's a certain there's a really quick uh scene where uh, you can see link running in in a, like a cave sort of deal i'm so excited for that i'm so excited for exploration and i just cannot wait man cannot wait as of recording today is april 17th we're less than a month away from tears of the kingdom being released and there's not much else i can say man i just want to play this game already
I just want to play. Oops. I I'm ready. I'm I'm ready. I'm, I'm so, so ready. I'm going to have to buy the game twice, though. Because of my special edition, collector's edition. Something I never do. I never buy collector's edition because I don't think they're worth it. But I did it for this game. They say there's not going to get delivered till 10 days after release. So I'm going to have to probably buy the physical version the day of the release so I can play it when it comes out. And then I'm probably just going to go and like trade that game because I'm not, I'm not buying the game twice. I never do that. I would never buy the game twice. It's just something I'd never do. So that's why I never buy both of the Pokemon games whenever they do the dual releases. But yes, excited, excited. That's all I got to say. Now, to our second news item of the week, we got the Mario movie. If you haven't seen my Mario review, Mario movie review, I recommend you go watch it. I worked hard on it. But officially, the Mario movie surpasses 500 million globally at the box office. Is anyone surprised? I don't know why people are acting like this is such a huge deal when quite literally it is not. It's not a huge deal. People forget just how big Nintendo is. People forget how big Mario is. Like I, I always get, I, I, it's, I find it so funny and so hilarious that people still treat Nintendo sometimes, especially like super diehard fans, or at least like, you know, the, the people on the internet who are weird about it and have these weird parasocial relationships with a billion dollar company that sometimes excuse and defend Nintendo's business decisions like closing the 3DS shop or whatever it may be. This is a huge corporation. Like, I don't know why people weren't expecting the Mario movie to sell close to a billion dollars in box office ticket sales. What are you talking about? Nintendo is a huge company. The brand is extremely, extremely successful. They've been around since the 80s. Like, Mario is a household name. You you call any soccer mom in, in Indiana or wherever. You tell them, like, hey, do you know who Mario is? They'll tell you. If they have kids, adults know who Mario is. Like, it is the biggest name in gaming. I, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to say it. It is the biggest name in gaming of all time. You talk about gaming... People are going to associate that to Mario in some way. People know who Mario is. So the internet's response of, of like, oh my God, video game movies are, are, are now able to be successful. They, they're selling all close to a billion dollars. Who saw this coming? We all did. We all fucking did, bro. <laughs> Anybody with common sense did like saw this coming. It's just incredible to me that they still treat Mario as a, this unknown figure when they're basically up there in the same top five list of most recognizable characters right next to Mickey Mouse. Like, I just don't understand how people don't make that. I, again, boomers, boomers on the internet and, and people still treating Nintendo as this little indie company, but whatever. <coughs> I know you can tell I'm very, very passionate about gaming. <laughs> but yes, here Nintendo Life reports the Mario movie surpasses $500 million globally. Now the biggest video game adaptation ever. That is incredible. That is insane. Uh, but again, we're basically in the childhood of a gaming movie, so to speak. I think it, it, we're barely getting to like, um, uh, not the formula being like cemented because... 
when you translate these things as what they are, video games, not with like super, you don't need to do a lot as far as the story. It's just, it's candy for the eye. It's eye candy. It's just, it's a mindless glob. It's going to do well, especially if it's catered to kids. Uh, but that's still crazy that that it, it, we're finally reaching like the sort of level and the sort. All right, bro, you got to leave. Go. Sorry, y'all. My, my dog, I, I'm, I, I'm, I, hey. When I'm good, I'm a good owner, I let him stay, stick around because I always feel bad because like whenever we're working, he's out there in his in his bed looking all depressed because we can't play with him. And I say, hey, man, come over here. I'm going to I'm going to film a video. Like, Be with me. We'll, we'll chill out. He starts doing all this shit, man. <laughs> he starts doing all this noise. But whatever. I love him so much, but <laughs> he needs to keep quiet. Um. <clears throat> But yes, uh, here Nintendo Life reports in a rather significant update courtesy of Variety. It's now been confirmed that the Super Mario movie has surpassed the... Okay, we already know that. They surpassed it in just over a week. Its combined domestic and international takings add up to a whopping $508.7 million. This makes it the highest grossing film of 2023, surpassing Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, and officially making it the biggest video game adaptation in movie history, ahead of films like Warcraft and Detective Pikachu, which is insane. Like, that's something crazy to think. It sold more than Pokemon. Pokemon is, is a bigger media franchise than, than Mario is, but still, that's, that's incredible. That's notable. Um... I, I still think Detective Pikachu should have done way better. That I, I don't think it should have surpassed it that quickly and so easily. Because that Detective Pikachu is a pretty good movie. Uh, as whatever critiques you may have, it's, it was still a pretty good movie. Um, Super Mario Bros. movie is poised to be the highest growth. Okay, we already saw that. Uh, oh, that's just the original story. All right, no, that's it. That's that's the whole new segment. <laughs> um, yeah, again, like I don't understand why people are acting. Very surprised that Nintendo, uh, that Mar the Mario movie is going to be make a billion dollars easily. Um, I see, I saw a lot of uh, news reports and uh, a lot of movie like critics talking about this movie as if it's you know, as if it wasn't deep enough. And and that's something I want to talk about. Yes, this is a kids movie. Yes, this is a Mario movie. Yes, this is a video game movie. Yes, they don't tend to be very deep in story. They don't tend to be very um, they they just don't have depth at all, and when it comes to the story department, but again, you can still criticize a movie for not having depth. Of course, there's still like movies like Shrek. Shrek is a it's got depth to it. It's still a children's movie, but it's got depth to it. It's got you know story about love, story about uh uh monarchy, I guess politics. <laughs> um, so yes, I mean it, it is it is justified you know to critique a mario movie or a children's movie in that sense but it is also okay for it to just be gloop candy gloop just stuff to like stuff your face with and have a good one to two hour fun where you can just not think about anything besides a plumber eating mushrooms and hating it still uh yeah i think i think the the main thing to take from this is that um I think the biggest story around this whole like Mario making so much money in the in the box office is that people need to stop acting surprised. Like video game, video games in general, the industry is not the most profitable industry, entertainment industry in the world. 
surpassing film, surpassing anything out there that is currently deemed entertainment. It is huge. So let's stop acting surprised. Let's stop thinking that it's not worthy of conversation in the media space because it is huge. It is an all encompassing, 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 encompassing. Sorry, I mean, ESL guy over here. Encompassing uh, um, medium. And I think we need to stop that talk and acting surprised when Mario is, is bigger than Jesus. I shouldn't say that. Bigger than, bigger than the Beatles. There you go. There you go. Okay. All right. <laughs> Let's go next to my next uh, news item. Um, this is something that I'm very excited about. I'm actually very excited about this. I am excited for the Nintendo Live 2023 show happening in Seattle this September. Now, I, I, I label this as like, this is Nintendo's response to E3 being canceled. Um, I don't think it's going to be the same as E3. Um, it's going to be more so of a like... It's like a celebration of Nintendo. I think this is going to be like basically just the marketing galore. I mean, of course, E3 in, in the sense was, of course, marketing as well. But I don't think this is where we're going to see a lot of uh, announcements. I don't think this is where Nintendo is going to um, announce the Switch, the, the Switch's successor. I don't think this is the type of show. Um, from what I've seen from the Tokyo show that they already did for Nintendo Life, um, it sounds like it's just a celebration of, of Nintendo. Um, I know there's, I think there's going to be tournaments. Don't, don't quote me on that, but I think there's going to be tournaments on, uh, some, some games out there, but, uh, I know it's mostly going to be just, you know, people can come enjoy, you know, being like engrossed in, in like the Nintendo world and Nintendo franchises and just have a good time. I think this is going to be mostly for like children. Um, and I'm excited. I'm still fucking excited. I'm, I'm going to be there, man, with my big grown ass self. I'm going to try and be there. It, it's going to be a goal of mine because I did miss. Oh, man. This, I, and I still regret not going. I should have just, I should have just toughed in, toughened it out. Um, I still regret not being able to go to PAX East because I got sick. And I'm really regretting it. I should have just gone, man. I had lodging. I had my tickets. I had my flight. At least they refunded my flight, but still. I was so excited, man. And I didn't go because I was really sick. I was afraid that my ear would have popped because my I had an ear infection. But I, bro, I should have still gone. Fuck it, man. Fuck it. Honestly. But again, now that I think about it, I did wake up one time and my ear was bleeding. So that wasn't good. So, so you know what? Maybe it's better that I didn't go. Whatever. I'm, I'm going to stop contradicting myself. But yes. Nintendo announced Nintendo Life is coming to Seattle. Here, Nintendo Life reports. Uh, Nintendo Live is coming to Seattle in North America this September. Following the successful Nintendo Live in Japan last October, the event will, meet, will be making a jump over the pond and will be bringing fans way to experience the games and worlds of Nintendo. More details will be revealed closer to the event, but Nintendo has given us a high-level overview of what to expect. Games, tournaments, live stage performances, photo opportunities, and more. Nintendo of America CEO Doug Bowser said of the announcement that fans of all ages can currently experience the unique games, characters, and worlds of Nintendo on the Nintendo Switch. Okay, marketing talk. 
But we want to expand that scope with a new experience. With Nintendo Live 2023, we're giving attendees a chance to celebrate together with family, friends, and a broader Nintendo community in the spirit of fun and creating long-lasting memories. Last year's event in Japan featured a live concert with DJ KK from Animal Crossing and Deep Cut from Splatoon 3 holding their own concerts. Uh, but yes, like the way that the dog bow Doug Bowser talked about, um, you know, introducing Nintendo Live, it just sounds like it's going to be marketing like it's just experiential marketing i given that e3 in essence was an industry show it was mostly just for the press that's when nintendo really announced some of their like upcoming stuff this is where they, they were going to be uh announcing the next thing to the press so the press can put it out there to the masses this is most just a celebration this is just another like marketing event this is just like think think of it like like the Nintendo store in New York City making a like putting up like a pop-up shop in in I don't know Boston or something. I think that's going to be the extent of it. It's still I still think it's going to be fun. I think it's, it's, it might be a worthy enough trip to like go for the weekend, you know, go visit some friends in Seattle, but again, um I I don't expect any news from this show. I I, I would hope that by then we already know who the, what the successor is for the Switch. But I don't think um, this is the event where they're going to be doing it. So still something very excited to look forward to. Um, now that we see a transition from E3 and companies taking you know matters into their hands with the announcement of stuff. Uh, although I will say that there has been some communication breakdown. But this might be because I don't have a lot of friends who play PlayStation. Or at least I don't follow a lot of like big playstation people but i completely missed like the past two state of plays so i think there's a little bit of communication breakdown i think that was like the value that e3 at least brought you know bringing everybody together and everybody just expecting there to be announcements um i think uh, companies are gonna have to like find ways to make sure that everybody is is aware that they're gonna be doing a, a state of play a nintendo direct whatever it may be i think that's the next hurdle that some of these companies are going to have to overcome since it's going to be like it's just going to be everybody's going to be bombarded with these directs so to speak so um i think differentiating uh your your event from your digital event your your stream whatever it may be from uh other bigger companies is going to be a, a hurdle and and i think it's going to be a lot of work for a lot of these companies but uh yes i'm excited for this i'm definitely going to try and go uh i'm gonna you know as soon as they announce tickets or whatever it may be i still don't know if it's going to just be open to the general public i'm sure that's not going to be the case but still i am going to make the trip for this and and i'll make some vlogs out of it I'll, I'll make some content out of it and hopefully it is interesting enough you know for the channel but uh <clears throat> yeah that's pretty much it for this week Again, it's been sort of a slow week. Um, I, I I listened to a few other podcasts. I'm going to shout out to uh, uh, Games Mess Decides with uh, Mike Minotti and uh, Jeff Grubb. Uh, they have another podcast as well called The Last of the Nintendo Dogs. Um, Kid and Krista, of course, you know, they're the main ones. Uh, directly to you, um, AJ and Parker, uh, Wolf Dan. Those are the sort of podcasts that I listen throughout the week when it comes to gaming. And where I kind of like get a sense of what like what's going on in the gaming world, specifically Nintendo, uh, but like of course the broader broader scope as well with Game Master sides. But 
Um, from what I was listening to them and, and their podcast, there's not a lot going on as far as news. Of course, I source some of my my uh, information from Nintendo Life. They're pretty good when it comes to Nintendo stuff, Nintendo news. Um, <clears throat> but it's just been slow, man. Like I think we're finally like in the end game of waiting for the uh, Tears of the Kingdom because like I found myself more often than not just not knowing what to do with myself, man. When I got some extra time, I don't know what to play. I don't have anything in the pipeline. I did this 3DS thing to like see what it was like. And I find myself now playing old ass 10 year old games. So I really hope uh, that Nintendo after the Tears of the Kingdom ramps up. Hopefully finally some, some announcements, some marketing efforts for whatever there is to come next. Because besides Pikmin 4 and Metroid Prime 4... I don't know what else is in the pipeline for Nintendo. I, I mean, after Tears of the Kingdom, I think I'm basically done with the Switch. I'm not going to be buying Pikmin 4. I can tell you that right now. And I don't think Metroid Prime 4 is going to come out for the Switch. I think one of the main reasons that they scrapped Metroid Prime 4 uh, development is because they said, hey, we might as well just make it for the next console. Because whether that be like they wanted better technology whether they needed better technology to play this game to make this game i don't know but i just i think that might have been one of the main reasons why they scrapped metro prime 4 um so i don't think metro prime 4 is going to be on the switch at all and if anything it's a cross-generation sort of thing like breath of the wild was with the wii u but after tears of the kingdom there's nothing for me man on the switch that's it i mean it's gonna hold me over for like three years i'm gonna be obsessed with that game but Hey, I don't know what's next, man. I don't know what's going to happen next. But yeah, I'm still excited for the future of Nintendo. We'll see what happens. I'm still excited for the future of gaming. I, I, I'm i slowly finding myself back into the groove of things when it comes to gaming. I kind of, you know, stopped playing for a little bit just because real life got busy. But uh, yeah, I, I really hope Nintendo kind of ramps up because I'm getting a little... I think Nintendo is falling into that plateau of like, oh, damn, we got to keep people excited now. Like, we have the best-selling console on the market. Ugh. We're not used to, like, being the, the center of attention for, like, the past 10 years. Whatever it may be. But I, I hope that Nintendo, after Tears of the Kingdom, finally ramps up and we start seeing some more stuff. Because your boy's getting bored. But whatever. God, this these allergies are killing me, bro. Folks, I've been True Fernie. If you like this video, if you're watching the, the video version over on my YouTube channel, no, because I don't upload these to the YouTube channel. If you're watching, if you're listening on Spotify right now, please make sure to follow us, subscribe to us, rate us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, wherever you might listen to our podcast search and report. Please look for us on your preferred app podcasts. App podcast, your podcast apps, and uh, search for search and report. Our logo is a Game Boy with the little, uh, with the word search and report up top. I can assure you, we're the only gaming podcast called Search and Report. Please share with your friends. Please recommend me to um, your other gaming fans, your Nintendo uh, friends, Nintendo fan friends. Um, yeah, trying to trying to grow the, the podcast, man. Uh, but also, you know, I have a gaming channel. Go over on YouTube, subscribe to me, leave me a like, leave me a dislike. I don't care. Everything, every single bit helps regardless of what you may think. A dislike is still engagement. <laughs>
but make sure to search for True Fernie over on YouTube. Uh, my so links to my socials are down below as well. Please make sure to follow me on Twitter, where I spend most of my waking hours talking about gaming, anime, TVs, movies, talking about sports, talking about anything that might interest me. Hey, it's me. It's a direct line to your boy. Yeah, that's it. Uh, make sure to join our Discord server, where we talk anything and everything that might interest you as my viewer. And without further ado, folks, please take care of each other. But always, always, most importantly, take care of yourself. Peace.